Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I am Jason Kong with the pleasure to be here with the man himself, Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Jason, you're very kind, and I'm doing great. Hope you are. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. Excited for the show today and excited to talk about your seminars coming up on Wednesday, March 10th. We'll get into that in a bit, but uh, Bill, when we... Often when we think of asset protection, one of our most important assets and one of the ones that resonate with us the most is our home. Well, no question about that. And, and of course, uh, frankly, Jason, I, I would never characterize my show as, quote, exciting. <laughs> but but I, I do try to uh, get people thinking uh, and, and try to share uh, some gems uh, that might uh, that people might find extremely helpful to them. So, uh, but I, I I do think it's important to talk about our home and how it how important it is to us because for many people um, it, it is uh, it, it may or may not be their biggest asset. But for a lot of clients, it is their most important asset. Uh, for a lot of folks, um, it, it has a lot of emotional value. It's not just an asset. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to actually talk about our home and how important it is to us and many of the factors that go into our home um so okay so let's start off jason do you own a home i do own a home okay so how long have you and your now obviously for those who don't know you are married and you have one child two children two children that's right two children and so both young yes because you're young and your wife's (laughs) young of course so um are you in a home that you think you're going to be there for the rest of your life? I don't know about the rest of her life, but for a, a very long time. Okay. So it's a home that accommodates your entire family. It's not too small. Correct. It's just right. Just right. <laughs> okay. All right. So when I assume as a young person that you had to borrow money to buy your home. I did. Okay. So – when you bought your home, uh, did you get a fixed-rate mortgage or an adjustable-rate mortgage? Fixed-rate. Okay, excellent, because truthfully, for those folks who anticipate being in their lo- a home for many years, a fixed-rate mortgage, of course, is by far the best way to go. And, of course, uh, adjustable-rate mortgages tend to be less expensive. In other words, the interest rates are lower um, however, um, and there there are times when now right now, of course, interest rates are so low it's almost crazy not to get a fixed rate mortgage under any scenario uh, because oftentimes people don't know if and when they would want to move, and while Today, in this area, and in most growing metropolitan areas, and of course, Raleigh is one of the best for that. Raleigh carry this whole area. Um, It's really easy to sell a house right now. But on the reverse side, it's really hard 
to buy another house at a reasonable price where you want to live. And in fact, the folks who are buying homes have, are in a predicament because the market is so, quote, hot that if they see a home that they think they might want to live in, they pretty much have to make an offer immediately and sweeten the pot in order to outbid others that might see the same home that same day or the next day. And so (laughs) it's really nice for sellers and really, really tough for buyers right now. It's what what people call a, a seller's market. Now, don't anybody think that it's going to stay this way. You know, my prediction is that that will change as early as next year, uh, or at least it will moderate by next year. Why? Because interest rates are going to go up uh, next year. If not late, later this year, they're already inching up, uh, which will cool the market off just so much. Uh, and then, of course, it's like sort of like the stock market. It goes up and it goes down. It ebbs and it flows. And so um, what's a seller's market today may end up being a buyer's market a couple years from now. That That's hard to predict when that's going to happen, but it will happen because that's just the way it is. All right. So um, what's a factor in normal times when you might want an adjustable rate mortgage? Well, it's pretty simple. If you're one of those folks who've moved here for a job where you may end up um, moving again, you know, because those folks who are mobile uh, tend to be able to get better jobs, higher pay. Uh, it, obviously, it comes with the uh, bad news of having to pick up and move, and that's expensive, but... Uh, if and of course, some of those folks today are are choosing not to buy. Uh, they're going to apartments, but the, and that's another option. But the, for those who buy because they want a home with a yard, they have kids, those kind of things, uh, adjustable rate mortgages really work well for those folks who are not likely to stay more than five years. And, of course, the five-year marker is important for a lot of different reasons because um, in most real estate markets, it's really hard to break even uh, or make a profit uh, on a home that you're in for less than five years. So let's talk about some other strategies uh, because there's a lot of things we can talk about as it relates to home. So... When you borrowed your money, Jason, um, obviously you got a pretty good interest rate. So how long did you get your mortgage for? 30 years. Well, that's pretty common. In fact, I would say that's the most common that people do. Uh, However, you know that when you borrow money for 30 years – uh, the first 10 years, you're paying very little of the principal back. It takes an awfully long time to to really start reducing that that debt. Of course, it makes the payment easier to make. So are you aware of any strategies that you can utilize to pay your mortgage off a little faster than 30 years? 
There's a number of different strategies. All right, tell me about it. Tell me what you know. Some people like to maybe work in an extra payment throughout the year, but what we do is we we almost treat it as if it's a 15-year mortgage, and uh, if there were to be some sort of financial catastrophe, then we could afford the 30-year in other words, it, that, that's really a pretty good strategy. So you're overpaying Correct. your mortgage each month uh, during uh, this particular time while you can afford to do it. Correct. And then that way, if something happened to your job or your wife's job, th- then uh, you could drop back to the 30-year payment. And and that's, that's an excellent idea. I commend you for that. Um, now – uh, because if on a 15-year mortgage, uh, now, as you know, if you had originally structured it as a 15-year mortgage, you would have gotten a better interest rate. However, you wouldn't have had that flexibility of dropping back to that 30-year payment versus a 15-year payment. So excellent. And particularly right now, while the interest rates are so low, excellent thinking. Okay, uh, there's another way. Uh, that people can um, re- reduce how long it takes to pay off a mortgage without actually costing them more money each month. Do you know what that is? What is that? Well, that's where you make – let's say you get paid every week or you get paid every other week. If you pay your mortgage twice monthly rather than once a month, you're reducing how much interest – your pay is on that payment uh, every month, which is where they really kill you with a 30-year mortgage. So if you make a payment, say, on the 15th of the month and the, and the first day of the month or the last day of the month, twice monthly, then typically that will, in fact, reduce the number of years that you pay by a good bit. And, and that, so that's really helpful. Another way that's similar to what you're talking about is to overpay uh, by a certain amount, like $100 or $200 per month that goes towards the principal reduction. So the faster you can get the principal down, particularly in the early years, the better that that helps. So those are some things. But, you know – and it's really nice as a young person that you've been able to find a home that accommodates your family. So, and so to the degree that you've made a good choice, you're in a nice neighborhood, you like your neighbors, you know, all of that is extremely important. But you know, living in a home for many years, the longer you live there, the more emotional attachment goes with the home. Why do you think that is? Well, you've put so much money into it and time, and you've set it up the way you want it to be. Oh, baloney. That has nothing to do with it. It No. No, 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 no. We're humans. We're emotional. You're talking facts, and facts don't mean diddly squat. (laughs) It has everything to do with feelings and emotion and memories. Guess what? Where your memories are being created pretty much in your home, <laughs> you know? A good point. So th- that's why for those folks who have a home for many, many years, it's really hard to give it up. <laughs> Don't you understand? You see how that works? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, what are some uh, – okay. And, of course, 
The other thing about being humans is there's something that we don't like. You know what that word is? Change. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So bottom line is we like status quo. We like to keep things the way they are. Uh, We don't particularly like change, or at least it's rare to find the person who enjoys picking up and moving and going to a new place and having to create new friends and a new relationship, find a new church, find a new this, find a new that. Actually, that's pretty hard. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right. So, But I do, I mean, particularly when clients, um, sometimes it's because you've lost a spouse. Uh, sometimes you've gone through a horrible divorce. Sometimes... Um, but sometimes you're just never married, and you don't you don't have a, a a roommate. In other words, you're living alone, and and there are an awful lot of us who would not we don't like the concept of living alone. There are other people who love living a home, having their own private space, and nobody else to deal with. <laughs> so there are advantages both ways, uh, and so it really comes down to personality and things like that but i i have a um, a lot of times i have issues where uh s- somebody is now alone uh you know for whatever reason and it's like you know i, I live in this big house should i downsize should i move that's a big decision uh, and it has financial consequences, and so the there it's not a legal question; it's more of a business question. But it, it, the answer is the same as the as the most famous legal answer in the world. You know what that is? It depends. <laughs> okay, and for a lot of folks, the answer is it's a good decision to. Uh, move on, uh, but there are so many options, and so we want to talk about that. Now, I I realize that this is the week that we want to remind people that I have my seminars, and and that, of course that's important to me. So I want to tell folks you really need to sign up for these seminars this weekend or right away um, uh, because they're next Wednesday, and of course they're both excellent. They're both free. They're educational, uh, and of course, my first one is designed for those folks who uh, need or or should be educated on uh, long term care issues, the cost, how to how to get it paid for, those kinds of things. And then in the afternoon, we're doing another seminar for those folks who are interested in asset protection and trusts and how they work, uh, those kinds of things. So. There's something for everybody, and if you haven't been to a seminar before, this is an opportunity that you should take. Uh, and I know I'm self-promoting here, but uh, it, it's uh, they're worth your time. They really are, and it's so easy to sign up. All you have to do is go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. As Bill said, it's free to register, free to attend. And Bill is doing these in the form of webinars, so you can do them online from the comfort of your own home. All you need is a laptop or a smartphone with Internet access and an email address. 
and you're good to go. And we're, we're very much looking forward to the day when we can get back in front of a, a crowd and have people together again to do these. But until then, we'll continue to be safe and practice social distancing with the webinars. And again, these are happening Wednesday, March 10th. So this Wednesday, be sure to sign up now. It's so easy to do. WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button. Or if you want to call the office, you can do so by calling 919 256 7,000. 919-256-7,000. Taking a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, WGALaw.com is where you can find more information about Bill and also where you can register for Bill's seminars. WGALaw.com. Just click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend, and Bill's seminars are happening this Wednesday, March 10th. And they cover the subjects of asset protection and trust planning. That's the afternoon session. But the morning session deals with uh, long-term care assistance, dealing with Medicaid, VA benefits. We may have some time to talk about some Medicaid myths and uh, how those apply to our seminars as well. But, Bill, right now we're, we're talking about the emotional issue of our homes and the attachment that we have to them. Yeah, and there are a lot of issues. So I'll, I'll start with uh, one that's not uncommon. I think the answer is relatively easy for most people. But of course, it all depends on your personal circumstances. And the first is, okay, I've been living in this big house for many years, and it's a nice home, and I enjoy living here. Uh, but it's a big house, and I'm by myself. Uh, It's got a lot of upkeep. I have to pay somebody to come in and clean it up and pay somebody to keep the yard up because I'm old now, and I don't, you know, have as much mobility to do all of that stuff. So should I downsize to save money? Now, if everything else is good, in other words, you're uh, still independent. You you know you feel safe. You love your neighbors. You like your community. There's community support. There's family support. Uh, it where you are, and so you're really just thinking: Is will it be less expensive? Will I be happier if I sell this home and move to something that is smaller that will be easier to keep up? And the answer for most folks, if it's true as it relates to all those other issues, is probably not. Why? Because moving is expensive. And if if you are really thinking about moving to, quote, downsize, it's more than just the expense of fixing your house up and getting it ready to sell and then selling it with a realtor's commission and all the stress that goes with that. But it's like this. When you buy a new place, it's smaller. So guess what? Your big furniture probably won't fit into your smaller place. You'll need new blinds, new draperies. You'll need uh, new furniture. (laughs) So what and you have the moving expense too. So and then what are you going to do with all your stuff? Uh, so the point is is that if everything else is 
good. You're safe. You're independent. You're still driving. Life is good. Moving, and and of course, I'm really talking about you love your community, you love your neighbors, you love your neighborhood, those kind of things. Well, in that case, my advice oftentimes is why would you want to leave? <laughs> you know, why would you want that extra expense? Because the truth is, uh, you know, more than likely if you downsize, okay, now you're going to have a uh, homeowner's association fee with a condo so that you don't have to worry about the the yard and those kinds of things. And guess what? Most of the time, the condo fees is much or more than what you've been paying somebody to keep the yard up and clean the house and do all the other stuff anyway. So I'm just simply saying when you look at it, moving is not necessarily in your best interest. Now, the realtors out there are probably going, no, 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 don't say that. But the fact is is that you got to look at that. But – for other folks, there are a lot of other factors that weigh into it because for a lot of folks, particularly those who've lost a spouse or um, the like, living by yourself can be lonely, and, and, and loneliness oftentimes leads to depression, both bad, okay? Sometimes and oftentimes we're going downhill, you know, our – uh, our hearing decreases, our eyesight decreases, our brain uh, doesn't uh, think quite as fast as it used to. We're more forgetful, uh, those kinds of things. And so are we safe? To the degree we have children, our children are starting to worry about us as to whether we're in a safe environment. Or it may be that, you know, because part of it is what do you want? What are your desires? What are your dreams would you prefer living in a different location? Do you, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many clients I have that move here, not because Raleigh is the perfect place to live, although it's pretty nice. They, they move here because their grandchildren are here. <laughs> you know, that may be the most important factor in your life. You want to be close to your children. Well, actually, more often than not, it's close to the grandchildren but it's it's uh it's those kinds of issues are really important in considering whether i want to move on part of it is age but more important than age is what's your health age because people can be in their 60s or 70s and their health age is much much older you know they're just not doing that well or you could be 90 and your health age is pretty young <laughs> so it that is one that that uh, matters a lot and the question is do you have neighbors are are you neighborly you know is it a friendly neighborhood uh, are there folks who are who live close by who are your friends and check on you and you check on them and those kinds of things those kind of things are really important in terms of is there local community support? Sometimes that's from your church. Sometimes it's from other groups uh, or friends or might be bridge club, garden club, book club, what, whatever it is. But, you know, it's who you associate with. Uh, it can also be a matter of geography in terms of you live in Raleigh, which is, you know, there's a lot of folks who live here. Uh, but you might also be in a very rural area where homes are a mile apart or, you know, two acres apart or whatever. You might live in a small town. Uh, there are plenty of those around. 
Um, so part of it is, is there a doctor in town? Is there available health care? How far away is the hospital? You know, because for some folks, the hospital's an hour away. Um, just depends on where you live. Well, those issues may be important to you because you're, as we get older, our health it becomes a, an important issue to us. And it's where where can we get the help we need uh, when we need it? And, you know, being close to a hospital is an important factor to a lot of us. Um, so I, I'm just, uh, I'm basically saying there's an awful lot of issues that might determine whether you should even consider staying put or moving to a different location. And then there's a lot of options out there that a lot of folks have never thought about because most people think, okay, I'll sell my house and I'll move, but then I'll buy another house. And for some folks, that's really not their best option. So I I know we need to take another break uh, and I need to remind folks, don't forget about our seminars. That's real important. But I want to talk about options that people should consider when they're looking at actually moving. Well, I look forward to that, Bill. And as you mentioned, uh, you do have a set of seminars coming up this Wednesday, March 10th. You can go online to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button to register for free. It's free to register, free to attend. And, you know, we're discussing homes right now. And, you know, the uh, financial catastrophe of long-term care, having to pay for long-term care, Bill, you've often said on this program, is the equivalent of losing your home, having it uh, burned down with all the contents inside. That is the financial hit that you're looking for with paying for long-term care. You can find plenty of information, and these are so educational, you're going to learn a ton. Go to WGALaw.com. You can register for the seminars. Bill has two of them, one dealing with long-term care assistance, the other dealing with asset protection and trust planning. If you prefer to call the office, you can reach out by calling 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Back with more right after this. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's also where you can register for Bill's seminars happening this Wednesday, March 10th. It's free to register, free to attend to find more information about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning. Those are the two seminars that Bill has in the form of webinars just go to WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And, Bill, we're talking all about the uh, emotional issues wrapped up in our homes. And before the break, we were discussing the scenario, okay, we've decided maybe we want to move. Uh, what are our options when it comes to making a move? Well, exactly. And, and uh, you know, the folks that know me know that that uh, a great deal of my experience uh, and thinking comes from my own family. And it's, you know, it's always better to learn by the mistakes of others than by making the same mistake ourselves. I mean, that's sort of a just a truism. But 
Um, my mother, she was stubborn about staying in our family home after my dad died, and she was alone. Uh, and after about five years, uh, we even had a, a, a nie- one of my nieces moved in with her because she moved to the area and she was still single. And uh, so she lived with my mom a couple years. And that helped because it kept my mom with somebody there every night and somebody there that she could talk to. The loneliness was not quite as bad as all, even though as a young person, they weren't there as much as my mother would have liked. And um, But then she moved out, got married, moved on. And then it was like, oh, my, what are we going to do? Well, frankly, um uh, and I said, Mom, why, why don't you move to Raleigh? Why don't you live with us? And, of course, she said, no way. <laughs> uh, and, and that was okay. I understand those dynamics. I mean, she wanted to stay close to her uh, home, her church, her friends. That's really important to folks as opposed to just knee-jerk move to where the children or grandchildren uh, necessarily are. So very different perspective of, I mean, and everybody's unique in terms of that. But she eventually made the decision herself, uh, probably eight years later than she should have, to move to a continuing care community in close to where our home was. So her community stayed the same, went to the same church, saw her friends, went to the same uh, country club and meetings and stuff like that. And so, but the point is, she told me time and time again, Bill, gosh, I wish I had done this five years ago. And that's that's the truism of the message. She should have done it far sooner than what she uh, did because it was a safety issue for her. She really wasn't safe at home by herself at the point she moved and the moving to an independent living community gave her freedom it gave her everything she needed and her apartment looked very much like her home because we decorated it with all of her things if you will so she loved it but now there's so many other options out there that folks have to think about and that is okay i'm selling my home should I buy another home of any kind? And the answer is, again, it depends on your age and your age health or your health age, I should say, and how long you think you might live there before circumstances change. Now, of course, we're all optimistic about our future, and um, but at the same time, we know that we're not going to live forever, ever, and we know that it's not likely that we're going to live perfectly. But all of us want to be independent. All of us want to stay in control of our lives and where we live. So one of the issues is, will we be able to stay there a minimum of five years? And if the answer is no, then buying is probably a poor choice, uh, not – Uh, Poor choice financially, poor choice for lots of other reasons. But, okay, so let's say that you're – what are some of the other options? Well, if you're really still very independent, still driving, then 
you can move to an apartment or a condo, uh, you know, exactly where you want to live. Sometimes you want to buy a home, but you don't know the area. You're moving to a different geographical location. Well, oftentimes, instead of buying something quickly before you really know where you want to live, it's better to live either with family members or in an apartment for a period of time to where you get to know this new community. That that can be really helpful. Of course, you can always take advice of realtors, but it's really better for you to know where you fit in and, you know, what church you want to go to, what, you know, everything about a new community. But, okay, so there are lots of other options that people need to, uh, you know, there are condominiums. Of course, they have homeowners association dues, but you oftentimes can rent those, or you can buy them depending on a lot of um, uh, places. You can go to an over-55 community, um, which obviously has some real advantages to folks who are still independent, still driving, but you're around far more people uh, who are like you. Uh, and so social activities abound and things like that. But I, I'll issue a warning here, okay? And that is if you want to go to a, an over-55 community, uh, or even a, a, a housing development, for that matter, buy one that's established where they're not continuing to build new units, you know, because there are a lot of new over 55 communities. Well, one of the big questions to ask is, are we the last people in? Are, because if it's one that is new and they've only, you know, you're you're getting a great deal, you're the first people in, you know, whatever – that's dangerous. Why? Because you won't have the ability to sell several years down the road if they're still building units. Why? Because you have an older unit that's used and you're competing against these brand new units, so you'll have no appreciation whatsoever. And sometimes, depending on the economy, you won't have any ability to sell at all. I, I mean, I'll never forget a client who was actually a neighbor of mine uh, had this very problem. Dad moved into one of these things. Then he died. The children could not sell his unit because he was one of the first people into the unit. And they ended up having to take about a hundred and fifty thousand dollar loss on what he invested into this unit. So the point is if you move into one that's completely built out, completely good good deal, then you don't have that issue because you're like everybody else when you sell it's it's a normal sell with appreciation and and, and the like. But you're not competing against the developer who's still building units that's that's and that can be true for buying in any neighborhood anywhere if they're still building out those units you have to be very very careful about that investment that's some great advice, Bill, and something that we should all consider if we're in that situation. Hey, don't forget, Bill has his seminars coming up this Wednesday, March 10th. Still plenty of time to register. Go ahead and do it now. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. There you can register for free, and you can also attend for free on Wednesday. You can pick which of the seminars you would like to attend. The morning option has to do with long-term care assistance, Medicaid, 
VA benefits, all the information is there. Bill has a wonderful, wonderful seminar for you where you're going to learn a ton if you want to attend the afternoon session. That has to do with asset protection and trust planning, many of the topics that we discuss on this program. You can register for free by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com, and click on that seminars button. Or you can call the office, 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We're taking a short break, but we'll be back right after this. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and today we're having a discussion all about the emotional issues surrounding our home and considering downsizing and moving and uh, some uh, advice that you've had, Bill, uh, along the way. This has been a very informative program, not unlike your seminars where uh, you walk away with with some good information. Well, I hope so. Uh, Okay, so what are some of the other options? And, of course, as you've heard me say often, I've always told my clients the best situation you can have when you retire is to have your home paid off. In other words, be debt-free. It's so much easier to retire with whatever income and assets that you have when you don't have debt because – one of the th- to me that that is asset protection because uh, you don't have to worry about what else any other thing that might happen that could really mess things up for you and where you might lose your home or uh, it might be very very difficult for you to live uh, because of other expenses that you might have so. Uh, but it's okay. So you're debt free. You're selling your home, and you're moving for whatever you know. For all of these reasons we talked about, well, there's some options. In fact, uh, I encourage my single uh, folks who are getting older to consider independent living because it has for those folks who can afford it and this area has so many options of some that are very modestly priced some that are much more expensive and real swanky if you will so it really depends on what you can afford but there are options for those even who have a modest amount of income in this area you also have what's called continuing care communities. And that's one community that you move into that has independent living. It has independent living with care where people come to you. It has um, assisted living. It has memory care type assisted living units. And it has nursing care. So it has every level of care that you might need. Now, Many of the continuing care communities are buy-ins. In other words, you have to pay a substantial amount of money to walk in the door. And those have advantages, but they also have disadvantages. And the disadvantages are pretty simple. One's the buy-in. It's expensive. Uh, Some folks can't afford a buy-in. And, of course, the other disadvantage is you might buy in and then decide you don't like it because you haven't lived there before. So that's a real disadvantage as well. Uh, now, I will say this. My favorite place uh, in this area for a buy-in continuing care community is Glen Eyre. One of the, it's one of the few places that 
there's a guarantee that you'll never be kicked out uh, or discharged, if you will, if you run out of money. Um, it's um, sponsored by the Presbyterian Church, and it's a wonderful community. There's been a very, very long waiting list to get in for years because it is such a nice place. But, but that's a buy-in, and there are a lot of folks who can't afford that, but they still have good income. And they're non-buy-in uh, places as well. And a lot of folks don't realize that there are places you can go that doesn't have that big upfront charge. But in this area, we've got numerous options, some that are just like a continuing care community, others that are single plan. In other words, it's independent living only or independence with care. Well, those places have huge options. Just think if you need care it's far easier and less expensive to get it in an independent living community. And, of course, it also has the other options of folks are there to clean up for you. They're serving you food, every, you know, so you, you don't have to worry about those kinds of things. And they have a social life, and, and they also have privacy, So, but they're safe. Uh, but one of the huge advantages is the fact that most home care agencies – have a three or four hour minimum and at 25 bucks an hour or so you know if somebody comes to your home it's expensive it's 75 to 100 dollars every time they come well frankly most people particularly at the beginning don't need that much care they might need a little bit of help in the morning and a little bit of help in the evening well, if you're in an independent living community, you can have somebody come by for 30 minutes to an hour and assist you as much as you need, and then you go on your way, and then you can pay for that assistance again in the evening if you need it. That's far, and you don't have these minimums when you're in a place like that. So uh, you just pay for the time that somebody comes. And for some folks, it's a 30-minute increment. For others, it's a full hour. But okay, that's a whole lot less expensive than a four-hour minimum. And so your money's actually going towards the other parts that's enjoyable in, in terms of being in those units. So those are some of the things that um, are really important to folks that should be considered because there's no one-size-fits-all. We're all humans. We have different desires, different dreams, different incomes, different abilities to pay. And so it really comes down to what's best for us. Where do we want to live? How do we want to live? What's best for us protective-wise, for our independence, our control, and what can we afford? So all of that makes a huge difference, but there are options that all of us should know about. That is, and understanding uh, the potential downsides or the benefits as well is is also equally important. But as you said, it's a it's a very very difficult decision with lots of different variables in there that you do have to factor in. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Bill, we're uh, short on time here. We're going to head out soon, but you got a couple parting shots. I do. I mean, what's the biggest Medicaid myth out there? The biggest myth, the biggest half-truth is, number one, you have to be poor to get Medicaid. Not true. 
you can get most middle-class families with some professional help can get on Medicaid very, very quickly. All right, what's the biggest asset protection myth? Well, the biggest myth is that all trusts give you asset protection. Again, not true. They can if they're designed properly, but the majority of trusts don't give you asset protection. Revocable trusts never give you asset protection during your lifetime. You have to die in order for the next trust to give you asset protection. So if those are both reasons to come to my seminar. That's right, and Bill has two of them, one dealing at uh, the first subject, subject you said with Medicaid Miss. Bill has a seminar dedicated completely to long-term care assistance. If you are in a long-term care crisis or if you uh, see a potential one on the horizon, this is something that you absolutely need to sign up for. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. It's free to register and free to attend. The seminar is happening this Wednesday, March 10th. Wednesday, March 10th. Be sure to register and sign up ahead of time. If you prefer to call the office, you can do that. Call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. we got to get out of here, but we hope you will join us again next weekend for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend.